0: Warm-ups, not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. <laughs> I i,
1: have to Care to expand
0: on that? <laughs> I woke up feeling real dangerous. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kami Rabian, joined with my co-host, Jack Shields. You guys can find us anywhere on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podcast Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Give us a five-star rating because it, it makes us it easier to find. And, you know, just it's just good to have a five-star review every once in a while. Do it. So, it's Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. There's a bye week. There's nothing happening this Saturday in Norman, Oklahoma, anyways. Um, but Jack just got back from Pasadena in California on, I think, a Monday, right?
1: Yeah, I got back late Monday night. How yeah, was, I was that, there How was that trip? Wednesday to Monday. Yeah, it was a long trip. Definitely a long trip. Uh, Stayed the first two nights in Riverside, which is like essentially the desert. I guess the Inland Empire, they call it. But uh, then Pasadena Friday and Saturday night. Had a lot of fun. The old town, or old Pasadena, or whatever the hell, Colorado Street. I went to the bar that Dimitri recommended, Blind Donkey. Pretty cool. Really good beer selection. Definitely a good place. And there's a lot of bars around there. It's pretty cool. But, like, it was a very apparent OU presence down there for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you saw in the stadium, you can imagine how the bars were the night before and, like, during the day beforehand and that night. Like, Boomer Sooner was playing on the jukebox, essentially on a loop on Saturday night after the game at this bar we were at. It was all OU fans doing the clapping and shit during the yep. fight song and all that. But uh, ended up at Roscoe's Saturday mm-hmm. night, Chicken and Waffles. Mm-hmm. Waitress immediately told us we needed water. It was that kind of night. Yeah. A lot of fun. Roscoe's, by the way, is amazing. The waffles are basically the same as like Waffle House waffles, Mm -hmm. which means they're perfect. (laughs) And uh, really good fried chicken. You dip it in the... Or this is how I did it. I deboned the chicken. Put it between the waffle and on top of the waffle. Put a bunch of butter on all of it. Put a bunch of... maple syrup on all yeah, of it and me then hungry. just went to town on it yeah make it good me hungry.
0: stuff i mean i had chicken for dinner but like that sounds really good
1: right now went to disneyland too how was that i lost my sunglasses on the indiana jones ride but other than that it was very cool i yeah, i will say that theme parks like disneyland and yeah. disney World are the most effective form of contraception on earth i i kids, don't man. want a child ever after going there ever
0: you know I went, to, I went to Universal Studios the last time I was in Los Angeles area. And um, since my sister, she's in like the acting whatever industry, and she knows other people that are also in the same industry, they had connections through Universal Studios that we got front of the line passes. Nice. And we got to go through everything. And apparently there's like a secret password every day at Universal Studios to go like you go to somebody that's, you know, through the gates. Are you and, going
1: like, to let our listeners know the secret password?
0: Well at one at one point, especially when we went to Hogwarts, it was it was Slytherin and they're like, Okay, we'll have fun at the front of the line. They took us to the front of the line. So I mean that was fun and we got to ride literally all the rides and, you know, flip off the people that were waiting in line, the normal the normal folk and even the kids. It is, was nice.
1: Is the Universal Studios the one in California, do they have the Diagon Alley thing like they have in Orlando? Um, Cause I went to that one and it was pretty sweet. They didn't have a Diagon alley from
0: what I remember. I just remember having a hogsmead visit and stuff like that. All kinds of butter, butter beer. All kinds of butter beer, frozen and non-frozen. Go to the, go into the, the candy store. Can't remember what the, what the name is. Floors? No, something in bot or something like that. I don't know. Birdie bots. Birdie bots. Every Flavored beans. Yep. I don't know. That uh, sounds right. Yeah, I'm not a big Harry Potter guy. There's definitely. a bunch of bunch of stuff that was fun. So, but man, this this weekend I was supposed to go to the wedding. I ended up with like the worst stomach bug Saturday morning.
1: So good thing you didn't travel out to L.A. and get that stomach yeah. bug.
0: So yeah, I didn't I didn't go to L.A. and have it. I didn't go to the wedding and it. I just had it here, and I was sweating like crazy. But I, I still ended up watching the game. But I, it, that was a pretty that was a pretty interesting Saturday. But I'm glad it's. God, it's over
1: the tailgating i will say is pretty cool the setup on the golf course i hadn't been i hadn't done that before set up on a golf course yeah yeah the golf course it's just north of the rose bowl and it's on like yeah a golf course like how's the... that the most ucla thing i've heard in a long time <laughs> but like uh yeah the boomer bash had like a big tent out on the golf mm-hmm. course and stuff like that and it was sold out so we couldn't get into it but we had some friends who were in it, so they were just passing us cocktails over the fence the whole day and stuff nice. like that. It was uh, it was pretty cool, but it was like, like Pasadena, it's always a little bit hotter than it is like in Santa Monica or right. Newport Beach or anywhere like that. But like, it was unseasonably hot, mm-hmm. like 98, 99 degrees during the tailgating and stuff like that. People were So it's like, like you're still in Oklahoma. Essentially, yeah. I mean, it was brutal pretty much all day tailgating in pretty much probably the first quarter and the first half of the second quarter. Hmm. But once the sun went behind the stands, it was just magnificent. You finally felt like you were getting like the true Rose Bowl experience at that point. But it was definitely a cool trip. And obviously more OU fans than UCLA fans. I don't blame the yeah. UCLA fans for not going. Their team is ass and it was hot.
0: So, I mean – Let's talk about it. Sooners win forty-eight to fourteen in Pasadena against the Bruins. And um, what was the feeling? Were you around any UCLA fans in the stands?
1: A few. I mean, I was on the uh, side with all the OU fans, okay. but there were some UCLA fans sprinkled in there. And obviously, we you know went around the tailgates and stuff like could that. Could you gauge?
0: Could you gauge their thoughts and feelings about the game? Because I'm hearing mixed reviews about UCLA fans. Just like basically, expecting they knew they were going to get whooped. Yeah. I mean,
1: they weren't. Most of them were cool. They were like, "Yeah, you guys are going to destroy us." I mean, it, kind of what you would expect. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a few people who were dicks. I mean, you saw the guy who yelled at Jalen. I mean, there are a few people like that. But generally, it was <laughs> fine. Like, why would you say that? I, you're uh, Owen too. Just a trashy idiot. I don't know.
0: So it did look like this, the Sooner fans outnumbered UCLA fans, and what it made it, what made it even look even better, or I guess worse for UCLA, was. The stadium had set out all those blue shirts everywhere. (laughs) No,
1: well, they were pom-poms.
0: Or pom-poms or whatever it was. And they were just laying there by themselves with nobody to shake them and cheer on UCLA for them. So that made it even
1: more sad. What I didn't realize is they weren't even in school yet. School wasn't in session yet. Not that it really mattered that much because, like, Westwood is, like, 25, 30 miles from Pasadena. Mm -hmm. And you've got L.A. traffic between those two places. The setup... As far as like their relationship to campus and all that, not good, obviously. So I mean, in that light, it's always even more understandable when they don't really, yeah, obviously fill a ninety-two thousand seat stadium that's that far away from their campus. But it's, I feel kind of bad for them, honestly. I mean, there's nowhere to build a stadium near yeah. Westwood. It's, there's too much stuff there.
0: Because so. I remember Stanford having a week, a very, very important week one game a while back. It was, it was a, it's been a hot minute. And it was like in the middle of September and the announcers were like, yeah, they're, this is a pretty big showing and they're not even in school yet. And I was like, it's the middle of September. How are they not in school? Because like, you know, Oklahoma, that stuff starts at literally the, be- the end of August or the yeah, very beginning of September. And I was like, these kids don't even have school yet. So like it's just a football
1: team on campus. It's why they didn't have their marching band either at UCLA. Yeah. They had like a quarter of their band.
0: I heard there was like no pregame entertainment whatsoever. Pretty much no. Kind of just like went and took it dry and then got the shit kicked out of them and then yeah, that the that end. sort
1: of made it an odd environment. But the OU fans obviously brought their A game, so yeah, it was cool.
0: So and it was it was nice to see the Sooners winning the Rose Bowl after the last time they played there. It was a huge disappointment.
1: Yeah, glad I wasn't there for that one.
0: So let's talk about Jalen Hurts in this game. Immaculate night. I think he was 16 of 20 or something like that. I don't know how the stats pulled up in front of me. I think
1: 15, 20, yeah. Yeah, something
0: like that. And, um, you know, the first drive, he's 99 yards, you know, runs through 99 yards. Um, if you could say things
1: he has to improve upon, though, after viewing that game, what would you say? Oh, sometimes, I mean, getting the ball out a little bit quicker. I mean, it, it it's a weird thing to complain about because i th- it was that last touchdown to C.D. Lamb. Or not C.D. Lamb, Charleston Rambo. He, you know, Rambo was wide open. He had that guy beat so much. But if uh, Hertz gets it out probably a second earlier, which is about when he should have gotten it out, mm-hmm. it would have been even easier. He could have hit him in stride and all that stuff. I mean, it was... It's just little things like that, but generally he has such a good grasp of things right now. And one thing that I was really impressed with, one thing that people have talked about in the off season, they've talked about how Hertz isn't quite the improviser of his two predecessors, which is still true, but he showed a little bit of that against UCLA, against a little bit better front seven this time, that uh, it was that first touchdown to Rambo mm-hmm. when he had to uh, go opposite field when he was trying to run do the... Uh, to the right side and he had to kind of look back and hit lamb and stride but I mean he, he did pretty well with yeah. that
0: one of the things that bugs me about Jalen Hurts is his throwing motion in general we've yeah, been we've course. been we've been blessed with Kyler Murray and a Baker Mayfield where they can just you know pocket pass it right out there and it's done you know they have a very quick throwing motion and you could get it out real quick Jalen there's like an extra hitch in his throwing motion where you can literally see him cock the ball and load it course, and then yeah. deliver it to you like Talking about that throw to Charleston Rambo, that touchdown, I'm like, you know, if he gets rid of the ball a second earlier on a lot of his throws, that thing doesn't just go for 20. That thing goes for maybe 40. Yeah. Just because he's getting the ball late because of his long throwing motion. So that's, that's, and like, is that just like a splitting the hairs gripe? Yeah. Is that who he's going to be as a passer this year? Definitely, yeah. Well, if he goes to the NFL, will that have to change?
1: Yeah, of course. And, I mean, also, it, yes. it might not look quite so pretty against Texas or against uh, maybe a college football playoff opponent. But right. other than that, it's going to be fine. Like, for the opponent that they're playing right now,
0: they can get away with it, and of it's course. okay. But when a Texas comes to town or maybe a TCU with a defense and then definitely a bowl game, you might have some issues. Now, but that's to be said that Jalen Hurts, again, had another Heisman caliber night and that he's rocketing to the top of every Heisman list ever, and he's been playing really well. I mean, there are times that it frustrates me that he won't slide. There are times that, like, he's maybe trying to tempt fate, but he also keeps on saying he's a very religious man. I'm not saying anything wrong about religion, but I'm saying he's like, well, I'm going to get hurt if I... uh, if it's if it's time to get hurt, if it's God's plan, I'm like, okay, I don't. <laughs> like that's not very sound logic.
1: Just just just, just slide Jalen. So I mean, granted, he's a very solidly built guy who yeah. sort of brings the pain a little bit, and he's capable of breaking some of those tackles. So it's a little different than Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield, obviously. But at the same time, there are certain situations where he does need to slide. I don't like him being stood up and then him. Being turned
0: around and backing his way into a first down because A I'm waiting for an ankle, yeah, or B I'm waiting for a fumble. I mean it's that, it's that simple. He, he just needs to slide. He's starting to get he got down a little bit against UCLA, except he didn't baseball slide. He f- head forwards. He's slid not a, a good slider. And I'm like okay, you can tell he's it's never not really natural. done it. Yeah. So I mean, but that's all to be said. Fantastic night. I think he got a helmet sticker on College ESPN Game Day, whatever the hell it was. The studio thing afterwards. I mean he. It's it's simple. He is a playmaker and definitely a playmaker in Lincoln Riley system. Now of course as the same evening Tua sets the damn passing record for Alabama. So okay, like yeah, we get that. That's that's we get we get it loud and clear. Nick took Nick Saban this entire time to go spread, and now it's working out for Alabama, so that's kind of terrifying, but
1: LSU doing it too. <laughs> Finally.
0: Is the ball being spread around too much?
1: I don't think so. But at the same time, once you get into conference play, you start the rotations start to get a little bit smaller. They will. So it's L- sort of going to take care of itself. But at the
0: at the same time, I mean, it's not really. Why is Ad Miller's ass on the field? That's what I want to know. That's my that's that's my question. Yeah,
1: that, that's a very good question considering how uh, baller Jaden Hazelwood is at the moment. So. Because
0: you had like Rambo with five catches. Calcaterra, Lee Morris, Lee Morris appearance. By the way, part of me thinks early. they just
1: feel sorry for A.D. Miller because he wasn't able to go to Illinois because of supposedly an academic yeah. issue. So I've been told grad transfer. I've issue. been told
0: possibly, oh, he's a really good blocker. Or to me, it seems like one of those things where Lincoln Riley knows what he has on offense and he's gonna pull a, a fast one, so to speak, on Texas and then just play a shit ton of Trajan Bridges, Jaden Hazelwood. Probably not much the OES against Texas. I mean, that just seems like the most Lincoln-Riley thing to do. Like, oh, oh really? You 80-miller, and you have, like, seven receivers that are better than 80-miller right now? I was very happy to see Lee Morris to catch a ball. And Finally. And that was really nice. He got two yeah. really great balls. Uh, Grant Calcaterra catching balls in stride, not getting blown up over the middle. Thank, yeah. Thank you, Jalen Hurts, for that. You're going to need Calcaterra over over this the course of the year, just is the ball getting spread around too much? And they asked C D Lane about it, and he's like, man, I'm just happy for my teammates. And like, it's
1: not like he didn't get his against South Dakota. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's doing fine. And, I think he's fine with all of this. And
0: he's like, yeah, I'm really glad I have really good teammates. That's a sign of having really good teammates. Now, low-key, I'm kind of happy the ball's getting spread around that much because A, of course, yeah. makes the offense better more unpredictable. B, if CeeDee Lamb don't get all them catches this year, he's come back for another year. That it's, he's Maybe. still gone. He's still <laughs> he's, gone. He's still I think gone. the book's out on him.
1: <laughs> Dang it.
0: I mean, he only did say at media days, yeah, it's one of my goals to go pro after this year. But Course. there's still hope.
1: More power to him.
0: But Rambo, man. Let's talk about this man. Fastest kid alive. The man glides. He's got a long but stride see, and he that's glides. That's my thing. I was, I was talking to his group about it, and I was like, all right, this kid's fast. And I remember watching him him play Bishop Gorman. And he was the only guy catching touchdown passes for Cedar Hill. And I was like, damn, this guy's hitting all the deep routes. And then, of course, he gets to OU. And this is that's the that's the status quo for him. He's like, oh, he's a deep route guy. He's a burner. He's fast. And then I watch him run. We've been seeing Hollywood and CD. And, and not CD. We've been watching Hollywood and D.D. Westbrook run for the past however many years. Jeff Badett, too. Burner. Jeff Bidette who gets hurt after hitting multiple cheerleaders several games in the year. <laughs> like, not, like, actually physically hitting them, but, like, he's running into them on the sideline. He's like, oh, I, I got a torn neck something because I hit a cheerleader's on the leg. Like, he, he did that, like, twice, and it's like, okay. But they had shorter strides, but they had, like, very, very quick feet and legs. Mm-hmm. This man, his strides are like a, a gallop. It's like a horse, and he is so fast. And we were trying to come up with comp, uh, just comps for him, like, what do, why what what wide receiver does Charlie Charlie Rambo make you think of?
1: Can you think of any? I'm trying to think of OU receivers with really long strides like that. Um, I mean, Brandon Jones had Brandon a really Jones, long stride. Mark Bradley did. I Bradley, think. that that there you go. That's the one. Mark Bradley for sure.
0: Because Mark Clayton, he had you know he had shorter strides mm-hmm. and he was real fast as all get out. And now, like we, I say real fast, but now we have the wide receivers that you have today and they were like they were the pre-spread like they're pre-lincoln riley spread but i see a lot of mark bradley and charleston rambo except maybe he's a little faster
1: yeah yeah i mean I, other guys i mean malcolm kelly wasn't as fast as right. those two i mean obviously he had long strides but he wasn't as fast as those guys. but yeah
0: three games into the year charleston rambo's your leading wide receiver for the oklahoma Sooners, and we're Giddy just up and we're just hoping before the season
1: man hopefully he can be
0: good to take pressure off of off of cd and I mean, CD's taking the pressure away. Definitely, they're they are bracketing him and it's leaving Rambo wide open, which is a bad idea because is he as fat We've got a as, growling dog yeah. under
1: us. Hello, dog. Yeah, yeah,
0: he's growling. Or he wants a belly rub. Complaining rug. about how long we're taking. But I mean, is he as fast as Hollywood? No, but is he fast enough and physical enough to take the top of a defense? Absolutely, he is. And so I mean, CD Lamb. I mean. That's just to say he had a couple targets during the UCLA game, one catch. He had multiple catches, actually, but a couple of them get called back for holding calls, which is in its own issue right now. Uh, I tweeted out, you know, what Bill Biedenboe was going to say to his offensive line as soon as he got back into the meeting room on on Sunday. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb, one actual catch, one kind of like run play off of reverse, two touchdowns.
1: Those defenders were not ready for that cut on that run. At all. <laughs> at
0: all. Because well, one of them was, one's a defensive back, and you're like, okay, maybe. And he's the one playing upfield. And then one's a linebacker. And once CD split them, there's no way that guy in front of him's is catching him.
1: They were doing shrug emoji after yeah. that play, I'm pretty sure. And there's
0: no way that linebacker even barely touched CD. So, I mean, CD Lamb, enjoy it while you you have them. But at the same time, there are some very good wide receivers in the fold coming up. Which makes me think again, eighty Miller. There's no way he should be playing that much at all, ever. A Drake Stoops sighting though.
1: That that catch was nice.
0: It was a nice catch. It was behind him, so he had to do some real theatrics. gritty catch on his part. And I heard the big Stoops. Yeah, the big Stoops in the stadium. That was that was nice. And uh, so, yeah, the receivers, they're good at Oklahoma. Receivers, tight end, everything. What about the defense? What did what struck you about the defense during this game uh, in Pasadena?
1: Well, obviously, the pass rush continued to thrive. Yeah. The front seven was pretty damn good. Uh, Brian Osomoa, Nice. Yeah, really fast. He's got and, closing speed. And Jaden Davis, he's already the best tackler of all the corners. Mm-hmm. He's more physical than all of them. Yeah. I mean, how do you... I mean, by the way... If he's going to take snaps from anyone, it's probably going to be Trey Brown more likely than Parnell Motley at this point. Yeah, that's not what I was thinking before the season yeah,
0: whatsoever. And I think that's that's interesting because Trey Brown, after the game, was pretty upset about with himself. And he was like, man, I've worked on so many different parts of my game that I've stopped working on tackling. He's like, I'm a good tackler. I pride myself on my tackling. You look on my high school, high school tape, high school film. Trey Brown talking about how much of a good tackler he, was he is. He was the best tackler of all the yeah. corners a year ago. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? Got to get back to some more basics. I'm a good tackler. And he seemed pretty determined. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, Jaden Davis looks really determined to stay on the field. And he's a definite dude, you know? Um, and he's he's a guy that you can probably pencil in 100% of that rotation. And you're not really sure who that maybe that second cornerback spot is for the backup for Parnell Motley. But you know Jaden Davis... Trey Brown missed the tackle. Jaden Davis is in for him Davis
1: has already surpassed Jordan Parker. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been impressive. 100%. So, I mean,
0: I, I agree. Front seven. Holy crap. That defensive line, regardless who was playing there, killed him. Neville Gallimore. Dude blew up the center every single time. <laughs> God. <laughs> Leron got, Stokes looks good. We got my dog in the room, and he's yep. been under the table just like hanging out, and now he's decided to he's, just jump on us and He's mean-mugging me right now. Yeah, he's a pansy. But, I mean, Le'Ron Stokes, amazing. J- uh, Jalen Redmond, the guy, just completely blows up guards and gets the sack in the backfield. Uh Ronnie Perkins getting contained and stuff like that. It's just so amazing.
1: Isaiah Thomas siding. What they're able to looks do. looks pretty nice.
0: And I've just never, I've never seen that from Oklahoma. Okay, I've seen it from Oklahoma, but we have not seen it in so long that it's just really enjoyable to watch. Now, that one sack that Redmond had to where DTR just had no time to throw the ball where Oklahoma's defense busted, I mean, holy crap. The The way they're able to pursue him, and DTR is not slow. No, he's not. He's a quick cat. And for them to get him down in the backfield was amazing. Now, it was like second and 20-something or third and 20-something and. So they got a first down, like the next play. Anyways, so. I do
1: want to see these guys against offensive lines that don't suck. Yeah, obviously, which UCLA's fits the bill of sucking. And Texas Tech, their offensive line is not really much to brag about. Are they better than UCLA?
0: Yes, but is their offensive line much to brag about? We've got Jet no. Duffy behind him now. Yeah. God, who is not good. That's concerning for them. I feel, I feel bad for Allen. Oh, of course. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's good, good. but he's made of glass, man. Yeah, he is made of glass. Um, and so, I mean, it's just, it's nice to watch the defense. Now, Patrick Fields had a bad day. Delarian Turner-Yale, this day wasn't too bad. Not bad. He's definitely a guy that is not meant to play out of the box as a safety. He's Safeties a Safeties are
1: clearly the weak link, though. Yeah, oh,
0: definitely. Like, cornerbacks, you, you can, you know, Parnell Motley's going to play to the best of his abilities. You know, you at least have Trey Brown when he's focused. is really good. You have a Jaden Davis coming on. You know,
1: Bookie's playing better at the nickel. Bookie,
0: Bookie had a kind of like insignificant day, and and, and it all comes down to tackling. He had that one guys.
1: missed tackle over the middle on that long run, but then on the next play, he had a TFL.
0: Yeah, so like it was just like pretty insignificant, I would say. But then it, you look at Pat Fields, man, that kid had a rough day. But at the same time, like you know, Delarian Turner, yell, he didn't have the, he honestly didn't have the best day against uh, what South Dakota State. And he came out and played deep, pretty decent against US UCLA, and uh, you know Pat Fields he had a he had a pretty decent couple showings prior to in against uh, South Dakota and Houston. So they're
1: not consistent. The, yeah, and this goes back to what Grinch was saying in the preseason that those two guys have been okay, but there hasn't been anyone to push them. Mm-hmm. So who would even threaten to uh, That's keep the, them on their toes right. at this point? I That's mean. The thing. Justin Broyles came in and made some plays. He had that PBU. Yeah, that was nice on that fourth down.
0: But you start to think, like, okay, can Jaden Davis, like, play safety or something or something? But, you know, I think I think the key is not necessarily these guys suck. Now, it's a deal with, like, it's a deal with maybe the lack of talent. But I think the bigger question here is what Grinch also talked about in the offseason is, can we get 22 guys on defense to play at a high level consistently? Because I think DeLayre and Turner-Yell and I think Patrick Fields can play at high levels. But can they do it consistently? They haven't done it this year. And the other guys, you know, on the field, now I really understand why Alex Grinch is talking about, oh, can we get 22 guys to play consistently at a high level? Because he's rotating a ton of bodies. And they're keeping him fresh. And I guess we're just going to have to get used to not seeing Kenneth Murray on the field sometimes. And not seeing Deshaun White on the field sometimes because... They're rotating bodies everywhere, not just in the trenches to keep them solid. Like, Alex Grinch was
1: like, yeah, basically... And they're going to appreciate that in the long run. Oh, yeah. Once the late stage of the season come around, they're going to be a little bit more fresh. I mean, obviously, right now, as competitive guys, a guy like Kenneth Murray, he wants to be on the field as much as possible. But in the long run, this is, the, this is a positive. Yeah, Alex Grinch was basically saying... There's no way you keep a Neville
0: Gallimore on the field for 70 snaps and he's being effective those 70 snaps. You're gonna you're gonna need to take him off the field occasionally for him to be completely effective, which I agree with. And Oklahoma has the depth, a defensive line to do that in getting Kenneth Mann back within the next couple weeks, you know, or maybe just against Texas.
1: Having said that, they do, yeah they don't have that at safety right now. They're not really and they, they, they don't just really don't able to rotate
0: not in meaningful situations at least like a Brian Mead. He, he, he's where he's supposed to be. Is he as athletic, athletic as the other guys? No. But is he where he's supposed to be? Hell yes, he is. I didn't remember seeing any Levi Draper against UCLA. I don't
1: remember seeing Robert Barnes at all.
0: I think I saw Robert Barnes like once or twice. Oh, okay. Um, well, not very much, though. But not much at all to notice anything. Of course, linebackers, you saw Brian Osamoa. You saw um, any of the other two starters Nick Benito, David Uguaybu, John Michael Terry. You saw a lot of guys. And even you saw, uh, you know, the cornerbacks, Parnell Motley, Trey Brown, Jaden Davis. Saw a little Ryan Jones, too. Got Ryan that Jones, that's right. For He escaped my mind for a second, but he, he's he been playing well. But, again, another inconsistency. Uh-huh. And it's just those two in the back that you're like, all right, can we establish some sort of consistency? And it's just concerning because Larry and Turner Yale, he's a safety that's meant for the SEC or the Big Ten. He's a guy that's, that played box safety while he was in high school. So he's not out there playing center field, making interceptions. He's over there blowing heads off of tight ends and running backs, running downhill. So like against Texas, useful. But playing Texas Tech, if they had Alan Bowman, not the best. <laughs> and it's just like, you, then you start to wonder, man, like Oklahoma's been recruiting guys. Robert Barnes was a consensus consensus or composite five-star safety. And of course, he had the lung injury. It zapped his speed, but... The smart players still find a way to get on the field, and it's just been, it's been
1: disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because he's a guy who sort of fits the mold of what Alex Grinch likes in his safeties. He's a long guy, really athletic. Long,
0: ath- athletic. I, at some point, I would say just put him down at like a linebacker or something. I don't know. Have him gain like like uh oh, not Travis Lewis. What was the other guy? Lewis Baker. Lewis Baker went from linebacker to safety, of course, but that was the old style of offense. Just have him come down and play, like make him useful. He is a dynamic athlete. He's just not as fast as he used to be. Now, let's talk about what we learned from UCLA. The offensive line played better, and from what I've been reading and from what I've been t- being told, they feel good with Eric Swinson at left tackle.
1: He played a lot better.
0: Yeah, he played, and you can tell that Bill Beatembo ripped into them. He was pissed after the South Dakota game, and. They asked him, like, oh, is practice harder this week? And he's like, why don't you ask them? I was like, okay, well, it sounds like practice was harder. That sounds especially. terrifying, actually. <laughs> like, like, yeah, Bill Biedenboe being pissed is uh, that's a good thing for the offensive line. But
1: I'll strike the fear of God into you. They, they
0: played better, I mean, especially having Marquise Hayes back, and then Creed Humphrey's just always solid. Tyrese Robinson, the guy's uh, the one that wouldn't stop holding.
1: It's always something.
0: And, but otherwise, the offensive line played better, but... The question is, how much better are they? I mean, UCLA's front seven is the best. they played all year, and they brought back starter. Like, during the pregame intro, they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's been out. Also, by the way, these four or five starters have been out, and they're playing against Oklahoma too. So there's no telling how healthy they were. Or how? And, I mean, they didn't they have
1: uh, Keyshawn Lusher South yeah. either. He's he's not. He's probably their best front seven member, and he hasn't been there for the first four games. It was an academic issue. Like I believe, their best but.
0: corner was playing against OU. I was like, dude, just save the kid. Like, <laughs> just save him for the next game. Don't do this to him. But how much better is this offensive line? Because we we all came away from this game thinking, all right, they have some stuff to clean up still, but this is a much better performance than. I expected to see after watching the first half of South Dakota. Of course,
1: yeah. I mean, this is always going to be a process. I mean, you're probably, based on what I've seen, it, it's not going to be a finished product by Texas. Doesn't necessarily have to be. You'd like it to M- be. You'd <laughs> like it to be. You'd obviously like it to be, but you could, we've seen in the past that you could theoretically beat them without that being the case. Yeah. They're going to be a lot closer by that point. And this is a very talented group, obviously. And Texas defensively. They, they haven't been quite as good as maybe we thought they were.
0: What? That's blasphemy. How dare you? Don't DBU. tell Kirk but, uh They're only like 114th in the nation in returning production on defense. But yeah, nobody's exactly. talking about exactly. it. Exactly.
1: No one... I mean... Yeah, they only had like three returning starters on defense or Kayden something Caden like Stearns that. has yeah. been all
0: right, but not... Caden Stearns su- is great. But not the superstar that I thought he would be when I voted him as Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Kenneth Murray... Has been, oh, my dog is angry at my neighbor. But, anyway, Or is he angry at you? Probably both. Kenneth Murray has looked like the defensive player of the year.
1: He really has. I mean, and we were laughing about that yes, coming into the I season. I was laughing very much. Allen was going off on people over that. And I mean, saying how stupid it was voting for this kind of thing in the preseason, which he's correct about. But it turned out to be, and I'm not giving credit to the media at all right, for, like, right. voting him. For that position. But, with the defensive staff change, clearly it's benefited him. Big he's, fan of Brian Odom. Oh, God, yeah. Big Absolutely.
0: Fan. Loves him. Best linebacker coach in America, that's what I said.
1: Mm-hmm. And he wasn't lying. I mean, well, to maybe point. a little bit, but he's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, clearly he's getting coaching he wasn't receiving prior, and that's all that matters. Um, how real is the defense? Because... Through three games, I mean you look at the Houston game, because what I was really proud of of them for the fourth quarter against UCLA was it's forty-eight to fourteen. is gonna score seven to four seven to ten point seven to to 10 points of garbage time, and it's gonna look this game look closer, and Oklahoma still cover the spread, but it's gonna make this game look closer. And they buckled down. And they didn't let UCLA score another point after that B- – especially that BS drive to open the f- the second half of 75 yards. And- See,
1: and you saw them sort of rest on their laurels in the first two games down the stretch a little bit. Some of that had to do with yeah. substitutions. Yeah. But there were a lot of substitutions in this game as well, and they really buckled down, like you said. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they weren't lackadaisical whatsoever. Whoa, what the fuck was
0: that? It sounds like a motorcycle.
1: Rurr, yeah. I don't know. It was either a motorcycle or a dog. But it's just like –
0: Creepy nonetheless. It's it's just really interesting because you see what happened in the first game. They go into that fourth quarter like, what, 48-17 to 17 or something like that, right? Against Houston? Or 49 uh, yes. to seventeen, yeah, 42-17. 40 yeah. And you're like, okay, this game's over. And Houston continues to score, and the game turns out, you know, 31-49 to 40, 49 or whatever the heck, the heck the game score was. And you're like, okay, this score is not indicative of how the entire game went. And you look at South Dakota, and you're like, okay, well, it's South Dakota. And then you look at UCLA, like, okay, that, is, that score is indicative of how the game went. Oklahoma just beat their ass. And I think, and Alex Grinch always talks about, he needs to coach them a little bit better, as far as, especially in mentality. But at the same time, what I really liked was Oklahoma not giving up those points, and Oklahoma's still going after turnovers at the end of the game against UCLA because it's the little things. Championship teams do the little things. Which is I don't care if it's your second team, go out and do the job against that first team offense. And against Houston, they weren't doing it. And they knew they had the game wrapped up and so they you know, Houston got some garbage time scoring. It's like the Kansas game last year when they scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Under Alex Grinch, I guarantee you that is not gonna happen at all. He will be pissed and also the camera picked up Alex Grinch screaming, Let's fucking go about two or three times during the game and that was nice. pretty great. And he was very angry. I didn't even see that. I wish I had seen. Oh that. man, it, it's great. He, it's it's wonderful to have a fiery defensive coach. That's actually a good defensive coach, while also being on like the pro- sideline. It,
1: it's productive fire. Yeah, not like Mike Stoops just like having an aneurysm.
0: Gosh, it's such an issue. But Jaden Davis becoming a player. Do you think he actually starts
1: by the end of the season? Like Jaden?
0: Yeah.
1: <sighs> I don't know that Trey Brown has done poorly enough to give up his post. Okay. And p has done everything asked of him at this point. I mean, he's number one on pro football Focus. He is on yards per defended. attempt, yeah. I mean. Not bad. Granted. <laughs> it's it's who he's
0: <laughs> defending. But yeah, the, of course. The, the, that but athlete, like I
1: said, you can't really ask much more of him at this point.
0: Right. I mean, he's been doing his job. He's been tackling. Yeah. And, you know. And, uh, it no. helps
1: to have a fire lit under your ass, and that fire is Alex Grant. Trey Brown's got an interception.
0: Buki's got an interception. Ryan Jones got an interception. They forced five turnovers over two games, but we'll say three games because they played three games. Five turnovers in two games this year. They got close to forcing one against UCLA when uh, Dr. King fumbled the ball, but five turnovers, two games. They had
1: 11 total last year. What the hell? Uh, I mean... <laughs> and now... D- and a lot of it just comes down to being competent defensively, not necessarily seeking out turnovers. They were I mean, that's living a part of it. In the damn back, they they yes, might as well have been wearing
0: DTR's clothes. Yeah,
1: and see, DTR, you could tell if he had a competent offensive line, he would be pretty productive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's a. I mean, you saw that at the end of the year last year. He he looked like a good quarterback, and he hadn't thrown interceptions in his career until.
0: This past Saturday we threw two. Yeah. One was I just loved it. Trey Brown. You had the entire defense looking back at the quarterback and for the ball and you're like, Oh, bless my heart, this is wonderful. <laughs> because that's that's not been a thing, you know? Yeah. And uh and then of course the second one was it was garbage time, but they're still making plays. Ryan Jones still went down to the ground for it, still impressive. And OU defensive line, I don't think I've been this excited about a front four or a front seven for Oklahoma,
1: or front six or whatever,
0: or whatever you want to call it, yeah, because it's four down and two in the back, but like whatever, three three, whatever you want to call, uh, but or four two, I mean, yeah, yeah, dude, I don't front even front six, whatever, it's it's it is what it <laughs> it's is. It's a defensive it's, front, yeah. I have not been this excited about a front four five six whatever in a four two five scheme, not in a
1: long time. Twenty eleven probably when it was uh. Ron L. Lewis and Frank Alexander on the Could ends. Could you imagine a Ron L. Lewis as a jackbacker in this scheme? Holy Ooh, man. shit. He'd kill people. He might get ejected from games, though. <laughs> he would. He would.
0: He is, a, he is head on is the He would have been ejected extreme. three
1: times over against Stanford on those special teams plays. That was so fun. I was them. in the crowd for that one. Those hits were so loud. Called them the hammer. Oh, man. Like, holy
0: crap. That, that was They had uh, Gerhardt Stanford, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Oklahoma
1: was. Gerhardt to miss was game. the real deal, by the way. I, he he converted me after that game. I I thought he should have beaten Mark Ingram for the Heisman. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that well, that the vote was really close there. Yeah. Well, see here, Domikansu should should've, have won, won the Heisman, won, that but year.
0: the bias towards offensive stats. Of course, yeah.
1: As far as the running backs are
0: concerned, but turns out, and Domikansu is a shitty person, so I'm not. I don't feel bad. He didn't win the Heisman. In hindsight. In hindsight.
1: At the time, we thought he was just this, you know, solid kid. Mm-hmm. But no, he's very dirty. Him and
0: GK were on rosters at the same time. Him and Joe McCoy. And they played that great game against each other in
1: 09. Great defensive game. Where Landry they, Jones had a bit of a both, rough evening. Both quarterbacks kept on throwing interceptions. It was just Landry a defensive game. five, deal. I think. Yeah, it was too many. Yeah, <laughs> too many in my opinion.
0: But man, like that defensive line, Ronnie Perkins, LeRon Stokes, who has just been more than what we thought. We thought maybe he could be pretty good. We didn't think, okay, he's he's a definite starter material. But Ronnie Perkins, LeRon Stokes, Marquise Overton's been playing well. Uh, Neville Gallimore, uh, oh Jalen Redmond, uh, Fama Tau, who's coming on, and just it's it's
1: and now Kenneth Man's coming back Kenneth and adding Mann's depth. Kenneth Man's coming back,
0: yeah. Like, you got to love that. And then with Celebrate the yeah, with a, with a Kenneth Murray, who's playing the way he's supposed to. Now, is, are Kenneth Murray and Deshaun White sometimes missing gap integrity, missing the holes? Sometimes. You
1: saw that a little bit against UCLA with Kenneth Murray, but he's definitely cut down on it, which is going to encourage But, him. yeah,
0: you can tell they're being coached. They're being coached well. At the same time, you can just tell they're more confident in themselves. So I've got to appreciate that. Um, it's week three, technically week four now. Let's say it's after the Texas game. Let's say that the Red River rivalry has just passed Oklahoma. Let's say Oklahoma won. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Oklahoma won or lost. Are the same five defensive backs are throwing out there, the same ones that are playing after Texas?
1: If I had to guess, I'd say yes. But in, in its safety, it's because of a lack of – Alternatives. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I don't picture Buki relinquishing that spot mm-hmm. at nickel. I don't... I mean, Jaden Davis is the only guy who you could really see threatening to take a spot, but at the same time, the guys ahead of him haven't really done quite enough to warrant being replaced at this point. I mean, Trey Brown yeah. obviously has been a little bit shaky at times, but... but he's. we knew he was the best defensive yeah, back coming into exactly. this year. So, I mean, I, I, if you... As far as starters are concerned, I bet it stays the same. Okay,
0: but rotation things rotation
1: maybe wise, yeah, Jaden Davis is going to continue to get more time.
0: I think that and I he's going to be a baller for this defense next year. I think it's fair to say. And I want I want to take you through this before we go to break. I want to take you through this uh, hypothetical hell and ninth ninth circle of hell. Mike Stoops is still coaching this defense. Same personnel. They're in a two-gap scheme and getting no penetration with that amazing front four that has been been able to just kill offensive linemen. What kind of bad things is happening? They maybe lose late backs. to Houston. Yeah,
1: maybe they don't have that that cushion. Probably you're not. They don't have that great first quarter. Yeah. Probably
0: yeah. Like I was thinking about it the other day, Oklahoma. If Oklahoma's still in a two-gap scheme. They're not getting penetration upfield. The they're, not, they're not making life hell for quarterbacks. Patrick Fields and Dillard and Turner Yale, we think they look bad now. And I don't think they've been terrible. I just think they've been inconsistent. Dude, come on. Anyways, <laughs> um, but you you combine that with, oh, they are not being protected at all by their defensive line, and there's literally, they're just getting attacked how bad that's going to look or how bad that would look.
1: I'll rephrase what I said about that Houston game. I bet Jalen Hurts has to play the entire game. That's probably what changes. OU edges them out just because of how good they are offensively, but they have to keep Jalen Hurts in the game. Yeah.
0: If that were the case. not a
1: scary thought? Yeah. You ever
0: think about Mike Stoops and this defense? Because the defense they have right now, we're like, okay, not a bad defense. I mean, like, it's not the best, but you can definitely tell they're making strides and – if he sometimes is really pissed that this defensive line, Jalen Redmond, is full go, that defensive line is nasty, and he's, like, ever waiting. He's like, damn it, they're using my product on the field sort of deal. I think it's just really funny to talk about. Oh, of course. But we're going to go to a break for our sponsors. But before we do, afterwards, we're going to talk about bye week stuff to get better at. Jalen Hurts some more talking about old good old Barry Trammell and then just stuff going on right now. But here's a break for our sponsors. All right, Jack, it's the bye week. Lincoln Riley probably can do some things to get the team to be better. So if you are Lincoln Riley, what are the things you're working on this week? Because to me, I'm honestly, I'm working on Texas for the first half of the week. Of course. Then the second half of the week, I'm then focusing on maybe Texas Tech. Or I might just focus on Texas the entire week and then focus on Texas Tech the following game week. So what, what are you doing, though, if you're Lincoln Riley? What's, what's your
1: game plan to make the team better? It's kind of hard to say at this point because of the competition, honestly. That's fair. And, I mean, you would say, oh, I mean, the tackling needs a little bit of work. How much tackling practice are you going to have in practice? Not very much. Right. So and
0: It's not like the linebackers are just missing exactly, tackles. Exactly, no. There's a little
1: bit with gap discipline there, so yeah. I guess you can pinpoint that. As far as assignments with the safeties, they need a little work. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... that's not something
0: that we're... Not, that's not something that's mystifying. That's something exactly. that's very apparent yeah, to That's us.
1: something that we would probably expect to be an issue going into the season. You can just give the defensive line presents. Yeah. For how nice they've been. <laughs> for real, dude. Yeah, just like, give some impermissible benefits to Jalen Redmond <laughs> Ronnie <Yeah>. Perkins. <laughs> buy them another charger. That's a joke. Nobody's uh, nobody's paying
0: players at all. <laughs> uh But, you yeah, know, like you know, I'm not really sure you spend your bye week other than just, like, whipping the offensive line continuously into shape, right?
1: Yeah, of course. And, like, obviously, we're not going to learn anything from these next two games either. (laughs) Because Jet Duffy's playing for
0: Texas Tech. That makes me so angry, like, in so many ways. Like, does it relieve me a little bit? Yes. Does it make me angry? Knowing that OU
1: is going to be undefeated heading into OU Texas is a nice thought. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I was getting nervous but
0: also anxious to see how Oklahoma's going to handle that was going to be a nice barometer spread attack and now Alan Bowman is a great quarterback made of glass and then you replace him with Jet Duffy now i say that Remember, OU played in Lubbock last year and Jet Duffy came in and Oklahoma destroyed him for like three series and then he, they they just started throwing the ball again and even though all these balls he were throwing were lame ducks and they sucked they were still racking up yards against Oklahoma. Happens and that when was, you don't like, turn God, around, but yeah, <laughs> pisses me off. But it's just like
1: they are turning around. It's now.
0: like, oh sweet, Oklahoma's finally gonna get the real test and Texas Tech in a spread offense. What they're gonna look like in the Big Twelve? And Alan Bowman's gone. Okay, never mind then. So like, you if you're off, if you're Lincoln Riley, you're whipping the offensive line, and really you have no other complaints against about the offense because it's going well. I mean, like, yeah, of course, the only thing you're worried about is holding penalties because a Kyler Murray and a Baker Mayfield are more likely to get you a first down and third and 15 than a Jalen Hurts will because Jalen takes off. So that might be something you work on in the the bye week two is just, hey, bro, like go past your first read and maybe even your second read, especially when you have nine seconds and a clean pocket to throw the ball. Of course. Like, come on. Now, does it make for really cool throws, you throwing across your body, which I hate, by the way. I hate it when Jalen Hurts throws across his body because it's rule number one for quarterbacks. Don't do it. But he the does last two
1: quarterbacks have thrown across their body a whole lot. So <laughs> they, <laughs> they are the best they quarterbacks have great, in college football they history. Have the, they have more arm talent than anyone Oklahoma's ever had in their program, and I'm including that with Sam Bradford. <laughs> just so like their, their accuracy and and power on their arm.
0: Jalen's got a powerful arm, don't get me wrong. That accuracy with the little extra whip and extra 10 she puts on the ball – it's concerning, but that's just who we knew who he was. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, is he throwing the ball at a higher clip at a better rate than Baker Mayfield and uh, Kyler Murray? Yes. Or anyone in college football like, this year. Like, 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 oh, yeah, I was saying, oh, if, if Jalen Hurts can complete 66-67% of his passes, Oklahoma will be fine. Complete 73% of his passes. Like, okay, well, it looks like I was stupid, but, you know, it's, it's a small sample size. We're going to wait till Texas. We're going to wait till Iowa State. We're going to wait till TCU. But... There's not a lot to complain about on the offensive side besides the offensive line. And then on the defense, you know it's the defensive backs again, but at a lesser clip. And then, hey, meeting old pal, good old pal, Carrie Cooks in Lubbock this this next week. See how those defensive backs are not turning their heads around. So that'll be fun when they're in man and uh, not even knowing Jalen Hurts is running Fortunately my
1: for Texas Tech, he's only coaching the safeties oh. and not coaching their cornerbacks.
0: Even better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, reflection time. What are some of your surprises or some things that you definitely thought going into the season that were going to be things that have not or have been things through the first three games?
1: Okay, so with the front seven, we expected them to be pretty good and probably the strength of this defense. I didn't expect them to be this good. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Because I thought,
0: man, that front seven, although the back four or five may struggle a little bit where, you know, Parno molly has been playing well, Trey Brown... He's been playing well. He's just had a crappy game. Buki's been playing very well in response to last year. Like that, but that front seven, though, they're going to save their ass quite a few times. And they have for the safeties. But, yeah, I agree with that statement.
1: Then another, you know, Jaden Davis pushing this hard for playing time. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite expect that. Yeah. I I mean, you know, we until not long before the season, we thought Trey Norwood would be a factor. And then you, th- and then towards forgetting the, about him. And- yeah, exactly. And then towards the beginning of the season, you thought maybe Jordan Parker was going to be mm-hmm. that backup guy, and then all of a sudden, Jaden Davis is looking like a guy who could start right now. Mm. Saint so, Thomas
0: Aquinas, I mean, powerhouse. Yeah, I mean Saint Thomas Aquinas. Uh, any any thoughts about the offensive side of the ball?
1: Oh, let's see. As far as surprises are concerned,
0: or maybe not surprises, but things that you thought were going to the season were going to be truths or things that you expected to see happen going in the season but have not been so far or things that you didn't think were going to happen but I, you have been
1: i maybe thought i'd see a little more of trajan bridges that's my main complaint. would be one thing yeah like that was i mean obviously he is getting playing time with well, special uh he's teams. yeah well also in the late stages of games and he's looking good when he's going in there yeah but i i guess I was expecting to maybe see him in the rotation at the slot just because yeah. he has that in his tool belt. Yeah. But let's see. We've seen a lot of Nick Basquin there, though. He and seems to be holding it down fairly well. Fairly he's well. Lo- well.
0: he's he's looking all right. But at the same time, you, you know if you're Nick that Trajan's a little bit better. Yeah. Jaden Hazelwood's real good. Of course.
1: But, uh... We're not seeing any Michael Jones. I thought we'd see a lot more. We're seeing more
0: A.D. Miller than Michael Jones. That's not... Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, see,
1: that's one thing I was not expecting to see this much of A.D. Miller.
0: I wasn't expecting to see any A.D. Miller. I was expecting to see that man
1: hold a clipboard or something. Like I said, I think maybe they just feel sorry for him. Because he didn't get to go... ...get big-time playing time at Illinois. And like I... I've said this before. He's not a bad receiver. He's just not... Up to snuff with the other guys that are playing on the outside at a moment. That. And that includes the guys who are backing him up.
0: Yeah. Where'd he come from? Like Bishop Dunn or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's in the Dallas area. Um, but I mean, I would say some things that I'm surprised by maybe. I was one hundred percent convinced we'd see Jeremiah Cradell.
1: We have not seen much of him at all. Like yeah. at
0: all. We saw a little bit of
1: him in South Dakota, that's it um heading I, into the fall i thought maybe he would push for one of the starting spots oh yeah. at safety
0: or, or a nickel or yeah. something but nothing so far and then of course um i'll go with the wide receivers i thought again i thought as well we'd see a lot of trajan Bridges. and i the season of course is not even close to being over right now and i think we'll still see plenty of him down the road hazelwood i think we'll get playing time as the big 12 season progresses so just these are just you know small things but Not a lot of reaction. I was like, I figured the front four would be pretty good. Um, Like I said plenty of times, this front, front four, six, seven, whatever, on paper, should be pretty good.
1: I would say another major surprise is John Michael Terry playing as well. Michael Terry's
0: holding the edge very well out there. And on paper, you know, that front seven, front seven, six, whatever, pretty good. Pretty nice. And then they have delivered, which is really great. I mean, Lincoln Riley kept on using the word violent. He said he loves how violent they're being, which is a nice refreshing. Way. Yeah. So I mean, let's talk about Jalen Hurts. He next questioned Barry Trammell after being asked about his possible season stats on Rat poison. He, he smiled at Trammell when he's like, Oh, Jalen, how do you what do you expect to have? He's gotta season? just
1: be like, Not again. I thought I was done with Russell Westbrook.
0: <laughs> And Jalen just kind of smiles and smirks, and he's like, next question. And I was like, oh, God, that's a st- put it into my veins, please. Inject it into my veins. Jalen Hurts, the most kind man that you can probably meet at Oklahoma right now. Kind, philosophical, Just with the ultimate savagery
1: towards next Mr. Next question, though.
0: I'm not going to, so quit asking. You know, the, the next Saban sort of deal. Like, oh, my gosh, I loved it. But uh, <laughs> that's just the best, you know. And mock draft Jalen Hurts. First round to the Colts, apparently, is what they're saying right now. Ooh, not the Colts. <laughs> hey, man. I, yeah, I'm i a Steelers fan, and Big Ben had a season-ending injury, and I'm just like, oh, no, I'm so sad. I, wanted, I want them to put Big Ben at the pasture a long time ago. Then they gave him a massive extension. So, bring Jalen to Pittsburgh. Will he start and be really good? Probably not, especially not in that system. But
1: How's, What's your feeling on Mason Rudolph, like at this point in time? He can throw the deep ball really well, and he obviously has chemistry with James Washington.
0: I feel if he's going to be the future, I'm happy that he gets basically this full season audition. I don't feel bad. In no way do I think he's a really bad quarterback. I think he's a really young quarterback, and they just got rid of Antonio Brown for good reason. Did you consider
1: this somewhat of a throwaway season for the Steelers, like a transitional year because of all of that?
0: I was curious what would happen. Defense, I knew they had been getting better and they just traded for uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's a nice trade. Which, again, it's like, okay, they're bolstering their defense, they're going defense again. And, um, you know, if Rudolph can turn into something that many people thought he could turn into, then, you know, that could be a good team. But this season, I thought, you know, they might go 7-9. and nine. Um, I'll pose this question to you. If Oklahoma flips quarterbacks with Mason Rudolph and Landry Jones... Is Oklahoma a better team with Mason Rudolph in comparison?
1: To Landry Jones? They they weren't there at the same time. They weren't there at the same time. Mm -mm.
0: But is Oklahoma a better football team with Mason
1: Rudolph instead of Landry Jones? It's hard to say because Mason wasn't as good with the intermediate stuff. Landry was really good at that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So it's kind of difficult to say. And I mean, I don't think Rudolph, if he was there at the time, I'm trying to think.
0: What about from a leadership standpoint? From a
1: leadership standpoint, probably a slight upgrade. Neither of them are very fiery. Mm-hmm. Mason was definitely fierier than Landry Jones, yeah. obviously. I think the days of having a Landry Jones leading the Oklahoma suitors at quarterback yeah. are Landry done. Jones
0: had the personality of a cold fish.
1: Yeah. Now we're bringing in Spencer Rattlers and uh, what's-his-face, the kid from Georgia five-star. Vannegriff, who yeah. broke
0: his collarbone, I believe.
1: Not great, but he's going to be awesome, and he's he's got an edge to him, too. So. He's two years out, too. Yeah, exactly.
0: But I, just thought, I thought it was an interesting question. Um, all right. Anyways, right now going on, is Oklahoma a playoff contender?
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course.
0: They look like it. Yeah, absolutely. I, it all depended on offensive line, which appears to be getting better, and that defense, which... Are they the best? No. In SMP are they in the? I think they're in the fifties right now. SMP plus on defense. Now will it climb? They're during good Big enough to play? where
1: the offense doesn't have to score a touchdown on every yeah. possession and shootouts anymore. Like uh, that. That's that means so much. <laughs> will Will defensive SMP climb during the Big Twelve play?
0: Yes. But right now if they're in like I think like fifty eight or something like that. But if they end up in the sixties, I'm not going to complain because they were in the eighties last year. And then Alex Grinch, while he was at Washington State. They took a small, you know, a small little jump, you know, from his first to during his first year there, and then it was that next year in his scheme, which they took a massive leap into. Okay, it's a good defense. And the next year, an even better leap. Okay, this is a good defense. So, I mean, I expect the Combs defense to be pretty decent. And right now, if they stay healthy, especially in the secondary, if they can stay healthy, they're a playoff contender right now. And that's is that simple. Now. Who, in your estimation, maybe in the top ten, is the most overrated team in America? Well,
1: can we say Michigan anymore? I guess they're not. Are they in the top ten anymore? No, but they're... somebody better give Army some damn respect. For real. Oh, see, in SB Nation fan polls, the Oklahoma fans give Army respect. They're number twenty-five in the poll. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not the case in the general. And they should have so. beat. They should have actually beat Michigan. They should have. Yeah.
0: Now they should have beat Oklahoma last year, and somebody asked Kenneth Murray about it, and he's like, "Yeah, now everybody knows like how much." of of a bitch it is to defend them but i mean if you put oklahoma's front six seven out there today against army it might get away
1: from army yeah
0: i think that i think that game's a little bit different because oklahoma's playing one gap and they're running downhill instead of trying to catch and see what's happening but uh and there's negative plays being forced but uh, that's that's to be seen but i don't i don't think michigan's a fair answer but i would say i still think lsu's overrated I th- well, do I think LSU is going to be a good team in the SEC? I'm sure. I'm sure they will be.
1: They'll probably give Bama a game because Bama has its own little issues. Yeah, they do. Their front seven, they're very they, inexperienced. Yeah. They're playing possibly four true freshmen in this. In, not in. I mean, they're playing like Southern Miss this week, right. so it's not going to matter. But they've and had so many injuries. They were playing close to South
0: Carolina, and they kind of got hosed on several calls against South Carolina. And, uh, yeah, Bama... I, I I think I said this multiple times. I don't think they're going to be in the college football playoff. I think they might get beat twice this year. Maybe between Georgia and LSU or Georgia, a And M Auburn. Somebody's going to beat them twice. I don't feel confident because there are some there are
1: some legit flaws you can point Where out. Where do they have to play LSU this year? I haven't looked. I think it's Death Valley, isn't it? If that's the case, then you know, put them on alert. Obviously,
0: man. I love I love Nick. I love. When
1: LSU plays that,
0: they don't play anymore. It's
1: so they, good. I think they sometimes get away with it and play it. I think the they tried still, it last year. Or the fans like still that.
0: chant it anyway, so it doesn't matter. But
1: I do love Bama playing Dixieland Delight too. It's good. They tried to do that last year, and they like pumped in the alternative words mm-hmm. like other than fuck Auburn. Yeah, it, they they like piped in beat Auburn or yeah. something like that. So great.
0: And you have Oklahoma that fans get angry if you just stand up during the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the most embarrassing thing oh but overrated i'll, I'll go that let will see you know joe burrow transferred from
1: ohio state offensive legitimate quarterback going pretty well see now that they're actually running like an actual offense i'm i'm hesitant to call them overrated we'll see you know i feel like they're actually see. legitimate it's we'll take
0: a wait and see approach it's only three weeks, so we can't get too excited. This weekend, big game, huge game. Georgia Notre Dame. Who you got? Georgia by a
1: lot, really. Because Notre Dame's run defense sucks, and Georgia's offensive line is a bunch of ass kickers. Yeah, and they have Swift at running back. I really they're, like Jake. They're Fromm. Go, I think they're going to eat. Yeah, I think I think they're going to beat. I, what I think the spread's like fourteen and a half. Yeah. They're going to beat that.
0: Jake from State Farm or Jake from State Farm. Uh, really love Jake from. He he was my favorite guy off of QB1 the first season. I feel season. like
1: he's sort of unfairly labeled as a game manager sometimes. He I think can he make too. a lot of throws. He's going to play in the NFL. Like, I mean, there's a reason that Easton had to transfer and yeah. that Josh, Justin Fields had to transfer.
0: He reminds me of all those underrated Georgia quarterbacks that have gone to the NFL and had a pretty decent careers. I mean, like, there's been plenty of good Georgia quarterbacks now or the under Mark Richt, and they never really amounted to anything other than just, like, dashed hopes and dreams. Sure. But I think Jake Fromm's really good, so I think Georgia will win that game by a couple touchdowns, too. Um, Beginner's guide to who to root for between Oklahoma State and Texas. This is an easy situation, right?
1: Is it? I mean, see, here's the thing. Most OU fans will tell you Texas, but it comes down to your own personal situation. If you're an OU fan and you don't hate Texas more than Oklahoma State... I do hate Texas more than Oklahoma State, but here's the thing. I don't have to deal with Texas fans on a daily basis. That's I have true. to deal with OSU fans on a daily basis. I had to deal with them when I was a little kid when John Blake was coach. Yeah. I didn't have to deal with Texas fans when I was a little kid. I That's didn't true. have to worry about Texas fans when I was going to school in the third grade. So it's a little different. I don't know. Like Up until, up until probably college, maybe even into college, I would... I would root for Texas, like mm-hmm. internally. Yeah. I wouldn't like outwardly root for right. them. But then I moved away from the state. I think it kind of softened a little bit. Uh-huh. And now, I, obviously, I always hated Texas. They're yeah. snobby and they, the they're worst. pretentious. And mm-hmm. they're fans who didn't go to the University of Texas are idiots. And yeah, I mean, live your truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm I'm not gonna root for either of them. I'm gonna watch it happen, and I'm going to laugh at the team that loses. That's a fair statement. I've I've done it both ways too. Two years ago, when Oklahoma State won in Austin and Hard G threw that duck of an interception. Yeah, that's great stuff. I laughed at Texas, you know. But back in like the mid two thousands, when OSU was always blowing those leads against yep. Texas, those yep. huge ones, I was laughing at OSU. It goes both ways. It, it like you're gonna be somewhat satisfied and have a bit of a smirk on your face after the game, no matter what happens. True.
0: I'll I, I'm gonna root for Texas to lose, and if that bri- if that byproduct is just happened to be Oklahoma State winning, okay, that's fine. You know, yeah, that's that's how I approach that game. Now, if if OSU loses, and I, then I just go crap on all my friends that like OSU, and then
1: just—it's kind of a win-win for yeah,
0: us. Yeah, It really is because one of them loses, and a team in orange loses, so that's even better. And uh, I mean, do you think do you think OSU has a chance to beat Texas? Oh, absolutely, Austin? yeah,
1: definitely. I think Texas. Has, I think it's going to be a shootout, but yeah, I don't think Texas is as good as people think they are. OSU's offense is legit. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. I didn't see. I didn't watch them against Tulsa. Chuba I Hubbard watch. is I real watch. nice. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Chuba Hubbard. Oh my was.
0: gosh. Them against Tulsa was something else. It was ugly first half, and in the fourth quarter they ended up pulling away. Yeah. It was bad.
1: Chuba. Of all the running backs I've watched this year, he might be the best one.
0: He's got the best name in the Big Twelve.
1: Chuba. Charleston Rambo. I don't know. Charleston Rambo is a great know. name.
0: Chuba reminds me of like maybe like a, something I would name like. Like a Tiki Hut man. Like a, like, I don't know. what is, <laughs> Like a Tiki Torch man, I don't know. Chuba? Or somebody from like Tonga? That seems like a name from something from the Tongan Islands or something like that. I'm speaking things and nobody knows what I'm talking about. I,
1: I feel like we should veer <laughs> away from
0: this. this. Alan, Alan <laughs> Bowman out like six to eight weeks. Because during the game against Arizona, we're like, okay, well, he might be hurt, but he still played the rest of the game. Then somebody says four to six, and then somebody said six to eight. And Texas is already dead on arrival before they got to the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, there goes their chances of making a bowl game. Probably sad of, of hitting six wins. Their defense has been relatively pretty, but not awful. Yeah, I mean they held
0: UTEP to three, which UTEP sucks. Arizona's garbage. Twenty twenty
1: six schedule, by the way, UTEP. Yeah,
0: woo. Auburn and Auburn, but uh. Uh, Arizona, it was 28, but that's because they couldn't keep their offense on the field.
1: And that's a... I mean, they have Khalil Tate. I mean, that's an offense that can score on you. And mm. they only held them to 28. I even like Khalil the, Tate a lot. I do too. He's being wasted by Kevin Sumlin. <laughs> Wait, what? An
0: offensive an offensive playmaker, at being quarterback, wasted. dynamic athlete, being wasted by Kevin Sumlin? who to thunk? Never heard of it. Ever in my life, gosh! Somebody on Twitter again today saying Lincoln Riley is getting transfers and he doesn't develop them. And it's just like I don't know where these people make this stuff. It's like Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray—they give all their credit and all their development to Lincoln Riley, especially after being under Lincoln Riley for three years. They were under him for longer than they were at their previous institutions.
1: They were only at Texas Tech and Texas A&M, respectively, for one year.
0: Yeah. People are stupid.
1: Makes me crazy. But how good is the Big 12 is a real question. Top to bottom, maybe the best. I'm not saying it is the best country in the conference because I don't think it is. I think the SEC is the best country in the conference. But as far as like top to bottom depth, probably the Big 12. I mean, I don't think there's a team that is like, Horrid. I mean, you saw what Kansas did. They'd be. I I, tr- I turned they it on. Doubled up Boston College. I turned
0: it on. Boston College was winning. I was like, Well, it looks like another Kansas game. I finally saw the final score and I was like, Wait, what? What happened here? How did this? How did I this happen? I was
1: equally shocked by West Virginia doing what they did to North Carolina right? State.
0: Especially when what's his face got up on the podium and was like, Yeah we're going to need our fans to be patient with us this year. And like, okay, it looks like West Virginia's going to suck. All right, moving on. And they still will. And they still will in Big 12 play. But just like, all right, they took control of that North Carolina State game. And the most impressive game of, uh, uh, you know, intra-conference play is, I thought Kansas State, just physically whipping Mississippi State.
1: No, if coming into the season, if you would have told me that would have happened, I told you you were crazy. But coming into this game this week, seeing how they, granted, you know, Bowling Green. Not a great team, but they looked right like world beaters on both sides of the ball against them. The word I would use to describe Kansas State is sharp. They're just fundamentally sound in every area. They bring intensity on every play on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, other than you know those special teams fiascos, right. which were really bad, right. gosh. But I mean, I. I thought that Chris Kleiman's culture from North Dakota State, it was obviously eventually going to rub off on Kansas State. It's the same culture as Snyder did. See, but Snyder was getting old and his son was sort of running things. Yeah, You saw what was happening the last few years. They were going downhill. They were sure. not as fundamentally sound as they were before. They weren't playing with as much effort as they were before.
0: It's like that that block that they would walk. They'd run in with games that said "family" on it. it. Didn't really stand for the team. It just stood for the Snyder family.
1: It was it was going downhill. Yeah, fast at Kansas State. So climbing is I could I easily, doing something a little bit new considering
0: the last few years. Easily when we were when we were talking about it, you know, I thought, oh man, that this guy like people were like, oh, how dare you hire so and so from North Dakota State? I was like. That is the best pick you could have gotten. a great hire. That that's the most on brand hire for Kansas State.
1: And then we were Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, I thought they should have hired Seth Latrell at the time, yeah. but that would have been a great hire too. But someone else is gonna get him this I mean, off-season. At
0: Big Twelve Media Days when we were riding in that big elevator that like is supposed to be, you know, you're transporting large large things instead that was always of whatever. Awkward. It was a strange thing. It was like a lift, it wasn't even an elevator. But, you know, we were in the elevator with, uh, you know, Joel Klatt and Matt Rule and a couple other guys. And Joel Klatt asked the guys about Kansas State. And they kept on saying, like, the players are basically like, accepting everything that Kleiman's doing. It's the most on brand Kansas State thing. I was like,
1: the that's best exactly thing what I heard thought. about the whole thing is that Kleiman is finally letting them listen to music and practice now. <laughs> that's one of the biggest changes. <laughs>
0: that's... Oh, man. That's good. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was something that uh, it
1: was someone from Bring on the Cats was talking about Alan with over the offseason. That was one of our podcasts. But yeah, that was one of my favorite nuggets.
0: No, none of that rap music out here. Well, that's probably not how Snyder would talk. How, how would Snyder talk? Is that oh, none gen- of
1: that rap music out here. Gen- that Where's gen- my Taco Bell? Gentle old man. He eats Taco Bell like twice a day or something like that. Snyder does? Yeah.
0: Wow. He loves it. And while he's writing, he's writing his little handwritten notes. That's nice. Uh, but, yeah, Kansas State beats Mississippi State. KU beats Boston College. TCU, manhandles handles Purdue. Of course, Texas lost LSU. Tech lost Arizona with Bowman hurt. Um, Iowa State.
1: They S- never do anything what good in non-conference play. They never do anything
0: Almost good. lose to Northern Iowa. Should, should it be Iowa, but had that stupid p- fumble, muffed punt, where the guy just literally runs into his partner trying to field the ball.
1: Did you see that? I saw the replay, yeah. Holy
0: crap. It's just like Iowa State. Come on, be better. Like we've all tabbed you as a good team in the Big Twelve, and now you are literally this is
1: becoming a regular Running into each occurrence. other occurrence. Like they nearly got beat by Drake last year. Drake, which I guess is in Des Moines. Yeah, I don't even FCS know. FCS school, yeah.
0: He's a rapper from Canada.
1: That is true. But it's just like Aubrey, right? Yeah. First name's Aubrey.
0: It's just like I don't understand how Iowa State can do this every year, but when it comes to Big Twelve play, they're still like they're still making it work. But this year it's different, I feel like. There's no Alan Lazar, there's no David Montgomery, there's no is it Hakeem Nix? Or oh no, not Hakeem Nix. The massive wide receiver that they had. Akeem Butler. Akeem Butler. Akeem Nix was a John NFL um, New York Giant for a while. but
1: North Carolina Tar Heel.
0: But it's just like, they don't have these guys. And you can tell, it's kind of an issue. Now their defense is still pretty stout. Definitely stout. But is it stout for the Big 12? We don't know. Um, their
1: fronts on each side of the ball are very good. They return pretty much everyone from a year yeah. ago. So that's one thing. But... Yeah, not quite the same firepower. Don't, don't get it. Obviously. Don't get it.
0: Who does have firepower is, and this is a nice transition to my fantasy team too, the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews had like 10 catches the other day.
1: He's on your fantasy team? Oh, hell
0: yeah. I got him in a real late round too.
1: My fantasy team's a little shaky, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Joe Mixon hasn't been productive. Mm. That doesn't help. And also, my two quarterbacks are Cam Newton and Mitch Trubisky. So
0: My two quarterbacks? Yeah. Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady. Well, there you go. I'm I'm holding out on somebody to
1: trade me. Derrick Henry's been good for me. I'm one and one, so there's mm-hmm. still hope that things can turn around. Yeah. and I have I, I I had OBJ and Antonio
0: Brown just came back and he had a pretty decent game. Yeah, but I mean. Pat Mahomes throwing four touchdowns in one quarter. I was like, "Yep, he's the only quarterback so worthy up. of
1: being taken in the first two rounds of a fantasy draft." I took draft. Pat
0: Mahomes first. Yeah, that that it's not stupid. And people laughed at me, but they shouldn't. Who's he, number he's, one now?
1: He's someone who's capable of putting up 30, 35 fantasy points a week oh at the boy. quarterback position.
0: This this book that's sitting right next to my right, Jason Brown, the coach from uh uh oh Independence, a for- former coach former. from Independence. He threw out his top five quarterbacks in the NFL. No Pat Mahomes. I think he had Russell Wilson, uh, the guy from San Diego, Phillip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, um, Tom Brady, and I can't remember the other one, but it was just garbage. It was a garbage list. There was no Mahomes. There was – I mean, who else would just say he's a top quarterback in the league?
1: Oh, I mean, a healthy Cam Newton. Not yeah. not right oh, now, no, right. Cam he, Newton.
0: He, he had Drew Brees, and he, Drew oh, Brees well, is yeah. hurt, too. But as, he's a top quarterback when healthy. There's Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger getting hurt over the weekend? Season-ending? For, for at least Roethlisberger. Is Drew Brees out for the season, too, or no? I don't think he is. No, he's out for a very
1: long time, though.
0: But Baltimore Sooners, Mark Andrews, just absolutely killing it with Lamar Jackson. Hollywood still stupid numbers. So Hollywood's on your team too?
1: No, I'm trying oh. to get a
0: trade for him, man. I'm trying to get a trade for him. I'm trying to bait this this guy that I'm trying to trade for. He has Drew Brees and he's going to be out for of course like a long time and I said, "Hey, like Tom Brady for Hollywood's trade up." And of course, like not many people might do that because it's a quarterback and I don't know. But anyways, just like you've got to if you're an Oklahoma fan, you got to love watching the AFC North. Baltimore Cle-
1: they nearly included Gerald McCoy
0: too. Yeah, and Cleveland, the 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 Browns game was there were more Oklahoma televisions watching their Browns game than there was like New York In Jets. New York,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, per capita, but yeah, per capita, that's impressive. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's, the, just, it's that big side
0: moving the needle. It's the power of a yeah, big big cyber. Yeah, the power of Oklahomans loving their Sooners so much. They will follow them to the NFL. I mean, mean, Baker Mayfield is Oklahoma's favorite son. So it makes sense because I guarantee you people are tuning in to watch Baker Mayfield more over than they would for Kyler Murray.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of that is just that Kyler Murray only started for one year.
0: That's true. And that obviously his personality wasn't as... Right. And people learned to love Baker Mayfield And, and his personality, not just his play on the field. Besides the fact that he brought Oklahoma back from, you know... Oh, just your average 9-10 win season to national title stuff every year.
1: We like cocky athletes, we really do. That's we're nice. not a very cocky populace. Yeah, but I think that's maybe that's why we're drawn to cocky athletes because yeah. they speak for us.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's fair. It's it's the things that we want to do as of Oklahomans, but we're like, well, we're Oklahomans. Yeah, maybe not. We're a little reserved. We don't want to point out flaws and do these mean things because like it's it's very Oklahoman not to point out obvious flaws because you're being rude. Yeah, of course. But when a Baker Mayfield goes out and tells you know Baylor that I'm your daddy, well then that's more fun. That's what we wanted to say. <laughs> yes, gosh, love Baker Mayfield. Oh gosh, miss him and his interviews. But like, who's the best interview on the team now? Oh, you got to think about it. it obviously not Jalen. Not Jalen. Not Kenneth Murray. Who's gotten lighter? He's gotten a little better. Like. Creed Humphrey, Creed's a good one. Is a good one. CeeDee Lamb is probably the best one on the on the team right now. That's been available several times. Pat Fields was good.
1: When Fields he was, was interviewed. Good. He looks Oklahoma
0: guy. Pat Fields looks like D'Angelo Russell <laughs> with his hair like that, and when he wears glasses, that's really funny. Charleston Rambo's not bad. Ball out, Charlie. It's good. But I mean, I I the best interview on the team right now to me is Alex Grinch. I am listening to every word he is saying because. He's not a jackass.
1: Next year it might be Spencer Rattler. Spence, the best Spencer likes
0: man. to talk. Rattler will be a good one. No, I mean he's he's very confident in himself. I'll just say that. People like say, I read a, I read a quote the other day because I'm a nerd in my profession, and they said, and the quote was, "Arrogance is not a leadership style." Bullshit. <laughs> would you call what Baker Mayfield did arrogance, or would you say? supreme confidence both i mean it, I it doesn't the really matter the answer is yes right
1: yeah of course i mean th- he galvanized his team by yeah. acting that way yeah
0: and it worked he grabbed his dick against kansas players
1: that's my quarterback
0: that's my quarterback t.o crying in, in the media It's my quarterback but man
1: you know it, we're we, we
0: we said this would be a short podcast i think it's been one of the longest ones we've done just together it was
1: supposed to be short but yeah. hey
0: you know life moves on you know course but what are your plans for this weekend you're not going to
1: california this weekend no i'm not unfortunately unfortunately i have Jeez, to work man. out of the oil well <laughs> it's not as cool as going to california what are you doing this weekend watching football i'll probably yeah during work i'll be yeah i'll, I'll be tuned into all of the games on i've got, a, I've got Two monitors at my desk. Yeah. oh, that's nice. And I've got my laptop. Oh, very nice. So, I, I've, I've got it covered. And I'm about to subscribe to ESPN+. Plus.
0: Dude, five bucks, it's worth it. I promise you. Oh, of course. You. I, mean, I have it. You, if you're bored, ESPN 30 for thirties all day.
1: Oh, yeah. All of them. That plus, I mean, if you're a fan of like OU Softball mm-hmm. or OU Baseball, you're going to get to see plenty of it on ESPN+. Plus. Guarantee mean, your ass. Probably not too many of the home games because... Yeah. Oklahoma has their own T3 deal where they're going to show a lot of mm-hmm. OU softball games. Like, road games in the Big 12 Conference, a lot of those are going to be on ESPN Plus if you're wanting to get your OU softball first. I can almost guarantee you Oklahoma versus Kansas is going to be displayed on ESPN Plus this year.
0: This year? Next year? Not this year. Might be next year, but it will be it will be played on ESPN Plus. I can guarantee you that. Because of the, the tier rights, right? That Oklahoma and Texas rejected. It'll be interesting for the conference moving forward. I mean, t- tomorrow i'm gonna hit up the more norman game oh wow that's a lot of they, is
1: there a name for that rivalry i don't know norman, man. norman.
0: <laughs> they've got they've got that's the that's the lane show they've got a lot of good athletes in left field. they've got guys committed to osu they've got guys oh OU, he's looking at kate horton who's committed to ou baseball but it's gonna play both if he doesn't get drafted for, for major league baseball uh, more you got Daniel Hyshaw and a, and a guy actually transferred from Westmore to Moore, um, Nikhil Davis, who is a three-star defensive lineman who's you know got offers from Memphis and Tulsa. There's a lot of scholarship guys in the field. There's a lot. It's real fast in the field. A lot of points going to be scored. That's probably the biggest game on the west side of the state besides like...
1: See, both of these schools were
0: not very good as recently as a few years ago. A few years ago, both sucked. And now they are both like some of the best schools in the West side of the state. Moore
1: hasn't been good at football since I was like a kid. Yeah. It's because Westmore became
0: a thing. And you know, all the kids would transfer to Westmore and, and then Nadia. Southmore became a thing and yeah. it hurt both of them. Yeah. But yeah, so Norman versus Moore, that's gonna that's gonna be a very big game. It's on a Thursday night too, which sucks, but a very big game for the West side of the state for, you know, I think it's I think it's district play. But, you know, it'll be interesting. But this weekend, I think I'm just gonna grill, go eat some food, watch Notre Dame get their ass kicked by Georgia. I think that's what's going to end up happening this weekend.
1: Pretty much. I mean, as far as the Big 12 is concerned, I guess Texas, Oklahoma State's the best one. I'm See, I'm really intrigued by Kansas, West Virginia. I did Man, not I think too. I would care. I I'm going to watch it.
0: Because, like, Kansas has shown you a pulse.
1: Puka Williams is fun to watch. He's really, yes. really
0: good. And Austin, not Austin, yeah, uh, Austin Kendall, not bad. Pretty serviceable and shows you that he probably would have done well in lincoln rally system well enough enough not good as, as well as good as jalen no no not as effective as jalen but he would have been fine in that system i think but that's that's about it man that's all i have you got, you got anything else
1: boomer sooner i guess that's it
0: right, well that about wraps us up so hey follow us on crimsonandcreammachine.com. and there's a lot of stuff dropping all the time daily I get notifications like crazy on my phone from Facebook to Twitter to everything else, everything he's commented on. Um, follow Jack on Twitter. You can find him at a couple of different spots, you know, at the usual handle for the website, at CC Machine or his personal account, at jlarryshields. I'm at kmarabi and ccm. Following Alan Kenny as well. Great dude placing out the odds every week. I think they had a couple of rough weeks in a row for placing the betting odds and stuff I've like that. Good. I've,
1: man, I've been good. He's, yeah, I've you, been better yeah. now. And I'm been not good. too glad, for But, yeah. At blade I, I tourism, regressed yeah. a little to the mean this week. but Yeah, man, it's normal. It'll happen. It's normal. But,
0: man, like, like we said, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and review. Let us know what you like. Let us know, let us know what you think. And we'll check you guys later.